Welcome to episode five of Discover the Leader Within, a Reaching Higher podcast. This is Troy Weidman, along with my friend and the founder of Reaching Higher, Susie Dahman. In today's episode, executive coach, soon-to-be author, and Reaching Higher instructor, Joe Bruce, shares her unique life story, from that of being a nurse to an executive coach. And she talks about the role belief plays in leadership and lastly shares what leadership principle she believes separates the great leaders from others. Let's listen in to discover more. We're good. All right. So uh, welcome, everyone. We're here to uh, to talk with Joe Bruce um, in our podcast. And uh, Joe is an executive coach, keynote speaker, and uh, reaching higher instructor and author. And uh, Everyone, you get the opportunity to get to meet Joe today, uh, who I've had the privilege to work with over the last six months, and I'm looking forward to today. Um, so, Joe, tell us a little bit about your story, because I really don't know the full story, and uh, I know it involves starting out as an RN, starting out as a nurse from a professional standpoint, and finding yourself now as an executive coach. And I'm curious, because my wife's an RN, too. So share a little bit more about that. Okay, first of all, it's wonderful to be here. Thank you, Troy and Susie. Great to be here with you. And I had the privilege of meeting your wife, Deb. She's delightful. Um, <laughs> I guess my story starts in my 20s. I became a nurse. Uh, my mom had been a nurse, an OB nurse, and delivered half the town I come from, Orville, <laughs> Ohio. And I always admired my mom's ability to come home and take care of us. So I became a nurse like my mom. I was an OB nurse. But then I moved into... ICU and CCU at Beaumont Hospital, worked my way up to that. Mm -hmm. And after doing ICU, ICU and CCU, I became an investigational drug rep within the hospital. So I did okay. double blind drug studies on patients. Yeah. And the reason I tell you that is the drug reps from drug companies would come in, they meet me, get to know me, and they go, oh my gosh, you would be great in sales because I have a positive upbeat personality. After doing these investigational drug studies, I decided I was going to go with one of the drug companies. Um, at the time, I was going through a divorce, and I had two young kids, and realized that drug reps made really good money, and they had a company car, and I felt like my experience working with these experimental drugs would serve me well letting the doctors know about it. Yeah. So I went with Pfizer, which is a big company. big company. So I went with Pfizer and I was a drug rep there, a very successful one because I believed in the product because I had worked with it on patients. But at that time, I met my husband now, Bruce, mm -hmm. and it was back in the day before cell phones. He made fake phone calls on the wall phone waiting for me to walk by and hung up the phone. Hi, you know, how you doing? You know, <laughs> so who are you with? And I'm like, well, I'm with Pfizer. Who are you with? He goes, well, I'm with Squib. So we sat down, started to talk. We talked for a very long time. You can do that in sales. We talked for a very long time. And he's like, so have you had lunch yet? And I'm like, uh, no, I've been talking to you for two hours. So anyway, we'd go and have lunch. That started our path together, but it started me on a different path because Bruce went, and Bruce is a laid-back, calm guy, cool, calm, collected, and he was speaking for a gentleman's retirement dinner one night, and Bruce was charming, delightful. He had everybody in the palm of his hands. He had him laughing, joking, and I'm like, who is this guy? How does he speak like that? So later I said to Bruce, I go, you were so wonderful up there. How'd you get like that? And he goes, well, I took a Dale Carnegie course. 
Ah. And I go, what's Dale Carnegie? So he begins to tell me about Dale Carnegie. So I go to my boss. I'm with Pfizer at the time. And I said, hey, the guy I'm dating now, soon to be husband, took a Dale Carnegie course. And he's an amazing speaker. I would like to take the course because I had heard the company would pay for it. He goes, you don't need it. I have to tell you, that was a defining moment in my life because I sat there and I went, hmm, you don't get to tell me the ceiling of who I am. You don't get to tell me whether I need something or not. So anyway, I took the Dale Carney course, loved it. I GA'd. I knew that this was kind of my destiny to be a Dale Carney instructor. So I became an instructor of it and loved it and flourished and taught that for like 10 years. And then after that, I... Um, created my own company, Joe Bruce Training Associates. And so I've been doing that for like 28 years. So I train, consult, and speak, and um, feel very blessed and lucky and honored to do what I do. Absolutely. You started out helping people, and you still are just in a different... Exactly. In a different field. Yeah. yeah. Joe, I remember the first time I met you. I was thinking about about be, becoming a Dale Carnegie instructor, and I walked into the class, and they said, go visit Joe Bruce's class. <laughs> so I went to see Joe Bruce's class. I walked in. I sat in the front row. I remember right on the right there in the front row, and I was in awe of your communication skills, your energy, your love, and your your heart's you know, willingness to make a huge difference in people's lives. I fell in love with you that night, and I sit here as you being one of my very dearest friends. And so tell tell us, why are you so passionate about making a difference in people's lives and being a part of leadership development? Um, first of all, thank you, Susie. <laughs> I remember um, that day. The feeling's fun. mutual. I know. You and I were meant to be uh, soulfully connected, and you are one of my soul friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, when, when you ask somebody a question like that, you try to go way back. Where was the inception of my curiosity, if you will? Mm-hmm. Or how did I perceive life and mm-hmm. people and their behaviors mm-hmm. and how they behave? And I guess I would say I'm from a big Catholic family. I'm a middle child. But way back when, even in St. Agnes, um, I got awards. Mm-hmm. I remember winning some awards in grade school and it made me feel really good. And so you're kind of perceived a little bit as a leader because you won this award. Then in high school, I was captain of the cheerleaders and I was on student council and I went to girl state. So I was pretty much in roles where I embraced them and it felt really good because I knew that my personality, but my skills um, helped other people feel good. Mm -hmm. I I knew right away that I kind of had this, gift, if you will, of making other people feel good about themselves. Um, In high school, even one of my friends, Shelly Supon, her father was a doctor, Dr. Supon, and he actually hypnotized her in high school. I wrote a paper on hypnosis. And I have to tell you, that was a defining moment for me because I watched him hypnotize her and he'd ask her questions like, okay, you're in second grade. Who's sitting in front of you? Who's sitting behind you? To the right, to the left. And she just knew all this stuff. It just all came out. And he was explaining to me, everything within us is like in a file cabinet. And if you just get the right cue to it, Hmm. all kinds of things open up. But it went even further then. So he was um, imparting in me the power of the mind. So it's the mind, body, spirit connection. And then I became a nurse. So I have to tell you, when I was a nurse in my 20s, I lived at Bowling Green. And I worked at um, Bowling Green Hospital, small hospital there. And one of the doctors there, he actually... He had a real strong faith in God, and he was a wonderful, wonderful man. But he hypnotized and did um, a gallbladder um, 
cholecystectomy, that's what it's called, he took out <laughs> her gallbladder under hypnosis. No anesthesia. Now, in this world today, people can't imagine that. That would be heresy, or isn't there a lawsuit against that? But at the small <laughs> hospital, he hypnotized her. She was a head nurse. She mm. had such faith and trust in him. He did this gallbladder resection. Afterwards, she hardly needed any pain medication at all. And I'm like, that's phenomenal. So her faith and belief in that and his ability to do it. So I've always been fascinated by people in the mind, body. Mm -hmm. And so leadership to me is really, it goes back to really a belief, a belief about who you are and how you're viewed in this world and kind of what's your purpose in this world. Mm -hmm. And to me, if you are optimistic and believe in yourself and other people and the good, that serves you well. Yeah. So I hope that answers that. No, absolutely. <laughs> it's a long way around. I'm like, as you speak, I think that, you know what, you were a born leader. Mm. You know, it was your it was your calling, you know, to help change lives, to empower, support, and uplift people, you know, with your personality and with your love and with your zest for life. So. Yeah. And on that note, <clears throat> I, I just also see, you know, I'm an old coach. You're a competitor. You like to compete. You've shared that you've. Uh, that you enjoy competing before. So mm-hmm. I like to say we're competing through life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what is that one leadership principle for you personally that you cling to that you've seen propel the most growth in your life? Okay, well, you just picked a really good word. I wouldn't have thought it before. But yes, I think everybody who's a leader has a little competitive spirit mm-hmm. within them. But I go back to, again, I think true leaders have a great belief in themselves and in other people. And I like to say belief and faith are similar words, Mm -hmm. but I heard this quote from somewhere and I really like it, but it said, faith is like Wi-Fi. It's invisible, but it has the power to connect you to everything you need. Mm. And I think leaders have a belief and a faith again in themselves, in the world and a real optimism. Um, And, They say some people are born optimistic, some aren't, but I think you can learn optimism. Um, There's a book called Learned Optimism by Martin Seligman, and there's a test in there you can take to see whether you're more optimistic or not. But I think an optimistic view of life means I have hope and I believe I can win and things are going to be okay going forward. It's that positive spirit. And so that's what I would say about leadership and great leaders. They have that positive spirit, that belief, that competitiveness. Yeah, and they know anything is possible. Yeah, right? absolutely. There are no boundaries. Yeah. Yeah, that's you, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> but, yes. but not to take away yeah. that everybody doesn't have some fears and doubts and worries. Oh, yeah. I've never met a perfect person who is perfectly confident all the time. We are human beings. So we all have to work at that, right? Our inner talk, our self-speak, our self-talk to get us up and going and to keep persevering, especially in our world today. That's that competing piece. That's why I framed it as a compete. So tell us, what brought you to Reaching Higher? What attracted you? Because you really joined Reaching Higher (laughs) in the past year. So share Sure. Yeah, like, so blessed like in my it. golden years. <laughs> <laughs> no, in your prime years. Yeah, my, in your that's best. true. Yeah. In the best years ever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, first of all, I mean, Susie and I go so far back, and we both shared that wonderful privilege of being Carnegie instructors. But throughout the years, we've been in touch and in contact with each other. And Susie is someone I have the greatest admiration mm-hmm. and love for. And she would talk about reaching higher. And I'm like, well, it's reaching higher. And finally, I went to a graduation one night yeah, at Royal Oak, yeah. a graduation thing. And I just sat there and went, wow. 
So I was so impressed with how it affected everyone in the room, the parents who came to visit, the students, the instructors. It really was powerful. And Susie, I kept saying, Joe, you would be a great instructor. Yeah. No, Think I want you to consider it, do you? <laughs> How many years did you bug me? <laughs> oh, I wanted the best. You know, I wanted you to be part of it because I was so passionate about it, and I loved you so much. And I knew the, the skills. I knew you would love it. Mm. And, and again, they say timing's everything, yeah. and it must have been the right time and the right place. You're the right person. But it's an amazing humanistic course, which does everything that my fundamental beliefs are about. It's building people to believe in themselves, to have faith in themselves, to be positive, to put worry and stress and fears aside, push through and become the very best. Mm -hmm. So it's an amazing course and it literally helps people reach higher. And every time I'm involved, it's my personal journey and I am a student as well. So my tagline of business is better your best. Every time I'm around anybody with reaching higher or a part of the class, I am bettering my best and hopefully helping others better theirs. Um, but I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's a privilege and an honor. And talk about bettering your best, Joe. Um, you know, I know you're always reaching for new plateaus, and I wasn't surprised when you called me this last year and said you were going to be an author and that you were writing a book because you have a wealth of knowledge in your heart and in your soul and in your whole life to share with other people so that they can be empowered by the people that you have met along your journey. So tell me, why are you so excited? Because I watched you as you're forming this piece of clay with your book and your dream. Tell me why you're so excited about it. Um, I pondered this for a long time. And I say Rome wasn't built in a day. Book wasn't written in, except for it took two decades. But (laughs) there's a rhyme and a reason for that. Um, I thought 20 years ago I would have written this, but 20 years later, guess what it's done for me? I have much more wisdom. I have more humility, but I have people who I'm writing about in the book and stories that they are contributing. So it is the right time, and I'm excited because um, the book to me is meant for anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I've talked with a publisher, and when I told him what it's all about, he goes, well, that would go under self-improvement category, Mm -hmm. which is very broad. That's what because. Who doesn't have to do self-improvement? I mean, you have to start with yourself and improve yourself before you can have that influence on everybody else. Exactly. I like to say, how can you lead others until you lead yourself? Absolutely. And you're a coach, so you have to be coachable. And that's the other thing. So when we talked about what are some of the key fundamentals, um, like to coach other people, but be coachable yourself too. You always want to be growing and learning. Yeah. So it came to me one day, I was working out, and I I have a faith in God, much like I know you two um, very strongly do. And I kept saying, why am I so frustrated with this? What is this book supposed to be exactly? Because I knew I had lots of stories to tell, but I didn't want it to be just for my singular voice. That's not who I am. I'm a collaborator, and I like to hear other people. So somebody might say, was that like chicken soup for this soul? It's not because it's not that kind of story, but Mm -hmm. what I decided to do that day was profile and highlight what I will call my goats in life. Goats is the greatest of all times. And I've had the privilege and honor of coaching some pretty awesome people in life Mm -hmm. or being friends with them. But I sat there and started to think of who are all the people that have impacted my life and what would I like to know from them? What are my questions? Mm -hmm. I'm dying to know. And I always Mm -hmm. say the most fascinating thing in life is people. 
People's all there ever was, all there ever is, all there ever will be. <laughs> I love reading historical fiction. I love reading history books by everybody because it's people, their stories. So anyway, um, I came up with the questions of asking these people that are in the book, profiling them. Um, what's your definition of success? What's your recipe? Because I do believe success leaves c- clues. Yeah. Like, I'm a cook, I'm a foodie. Susie, so are you. Yeah, I know. We love to cook, love to but, we also know, but we also know certain ingredients you don't compromise on. And so basic ingredients make a great recipe. Mm-hmm. And you can follow somebody else's recipe, but it's best to put your own little something, something on it. You know, put in your own little spice. So anyway, so I asked these people, uh, what's your definite success? What's the recipe? Then talk to me about happiness, your thoughts on happiness. Who's influencing your, you in your life? And then what books would you recommend to people? Mm-hmm. So I have all these profiles. So that's the first half of my book. And then the second half, I'm actually doing some kind of interactive exercises mm-hmm. to build people, for them to come and reflect on themselves in their best way. So that's what the book's about. So... Um, what's the title of the book? You know, people ask me that, and I have to tell you, the publishers said, don't worry about that yet. But oh, I know okay. people like to hear a title, yeah. because the title somehow gives you a little cue of what this might be. Right. I have a couple I'm bouncing around. Again, my tagline is, better your best. But today I was like, eh, this really is about love, lead, and leave your personal legacy. Mm. You know, That's this great. to me, I'm yeah. trying to leave a legacy for my kids and my five grandkids. To me, I want this to be their blueprint. Then anytime they can pick it up in life and go, ooh, how cool. Grammy Joe knew this person. And look what this cool person said. Ooh. You know, so it's all the common denominators from amazing people and what they've done in their life. I love yeah. that. I, I love, love I love the fact that you're talking about it's not a top ten list. It's not a do these three things because it's unique to each individual and you're having them and letting them share their story yes. and you're just getting the opportunity to tell it. I think that's powerful. Thank you. Yeah, it's going to be Thank amazing. You. I can't wait for Thank it. Thank you. So Joe, tell me, who's the one person in your life? You're a motivator and you inspire, but who's motivated and inspired you? There was one person in my fundamental growing life that was a turning point. It is when I took the Dale Kearney course mm-hmm. and it was Lloyd Livingston. Lloyd Livingston was my instructor, and Lloyd Livingston was also a minister. And Lloyd Livingston used to be the Detroit Lions motivational speaker at every game. And he traveled all over the country. And when Lloyd taught the class, at the end of every class, it was like you went to church. (laughs) But he gave a motivational sermon, and I always left just feeling super inspired. And I guess he's the one that came up to me and said, you'd be an amazing instructor. So what is your journey your life journey taught you about leadership and life in general i would say of all the people i've met that are the absolute best leaders are superhuman beings Mm -hmm. and what i mean by that is there's a book i had and i don't remember the name of it i'm sorry but in that book it, it was asking leaders to pick two of the three do you consider yourself smart ambitious or humble Mm-hmm. And I look at that and I'm like, humility to me means that someone is strong and vulnerable at the same time. So what I've learned, my journey is to meet people who are very real, comfortable in their own skin. Sure. And I think the people that are most comfortable in their own skin don't have to tell you how great they are. Yeah. They tell other people how great they are. I think the yeah. best leaders I've ever met are here to serve others. You two, I'm sitting here looking right at. <laughs> you both consider yourselves servants, that you're here to serve other people. So I think my journey says that people have a purpose. 
that they're bigger than themselves and that they look outward to how they can serve other people and serve this world in its best way. And I hear you also saying they're authentic to themselves. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you're also Mm -hmm. one of those servants. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I I watch the way you give with your 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 food, the way you prepare things. No, there isn't anything that isn't the best, you know, from from everything that you do. And I love that. Thank you for your amazing gifts that you bring, not only to everyone that knows you, but to all of our listeners today. Uh, It's been my pleasure. And if anybody gets an opportunity to either support a youth by paying for them to be in reaching higher class, or they get to take the class themselves or bring it into a company or become a mentor or an instructor, it is something that keeps you reaching higher in life and going deeper and being a better person. If you were encouraged by this podcast, please help us reach others and especially our graduates by sharing it. If you're a graduate, we would love to hear from you and learn more about your reaching higher story or potential topics you may want to hear on the podcast. Also, if you feel like you're not quite reaching your potential, remember, we are reaching higher and we can help. You can connect with us by going to our website at www.reachinghigherinc.org. Again, that's www.reachinghigherinc.org to check out how Reaching Higher can help you discover the leader within.